We are back now with more Reset. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. What could a fast food restaurant in Maywood, a dentist's office in Glenview, and a coffee house in the far north suburb Zion have in common? Well, according to our architecture sleuth, Dennis Rotkin, it begins with a tall tile roof, brick chimneys on both sides, and a bay window out front. But there's more to the story. The design of these buildings traces back to old gas stations built to help bridge a divide between the city and the suburbs. And the Crane Chicago Business Residential Reporter joins us now for our regular series, What's That Building? Hey, Dennis, welcome back. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. Happy 2022. Thank you. So this one, Dennis, feels like another installment of of our series that I should probably call What Are Those Buildings? (laughs) (laughs) Because we're going to cover several of them. Uh, But before we we do dive in, though, I want you to tell us what got you interested in, in researching these very distinct properties. You know, um, I'm a big fan of Illinois Beach State Park in Zion. Um, It's a beautiful piece of natural land. And one day coming out of there several years ago, I hit my GPS on my phone looking for coffee. It sent me to a coffee house. And I said, what's that building? Because it's one of these pure oil stations. And I realized, well, wait a minute. I've seen this same building in several other places. And then you start to... Uh, you know, it's like you get a blue car and you recognize all the blue cars on the street. Yes. You start to see these buildings everywhere. Yes, I've always wondered about that, why, why that happens. But you, you write in the piece, they, they look like cottages in an old-fashioned storybook. And then I looked at the photos that you took for the piece, and I, I agree. It does feel like we've kind of traveled back in time. Yeah, and I think that was sort of the point. Um, they were designed in the originally designed in the mid-1920s, though built into the 1950s by a man named Clarence Peterson, who was trying to make them for the pure oil company palatable to suburban residents. And if you look at a lot of the our older suburbs in the 1920s, they were building in sort of English styles. They were building Tudors and that sort of thing. And one of these little storybook cottages would fit right in. Yeah, well, let's get into it. Tell us the history of Pure Oil Company. Well, so it starts as an, as, a, as an oil firm in Ohio in the 19th century, moves to Chicago in the mid-20s when a, a man named Henry Dawes becomes president of the company. Dawes is part of a, a wealthy banking family in Chicago. Uh, his brother is the vice president of the United States. He himself has been the controller of the currency. They're influential business people uh, or influential people. Oh, yeah. And Henry wants to sort of pull together pure oil and make it a, you know, everything's sort of happening in the 20s with cars. Who's going to drive them? Is it just going to be rich people? How are we going to use them? Is it for fun or for commuting? And he sort of has this idea that affluent suburban drivers are a great target market for gas stations. And he wants to build gas stations that, again, are going to fit into the suburbs. So this part confused me. Why were gas stations viewed so negatively in suburban towns? You know, it is interesting, isn't it? Because we love these cars. They're so exciting. We can get out on the open road. But don't put that stinky, smelly building in my neighborhood. Don't put it in my downtown where I'm walking to... At, at the time in the 1920s, I'm walking to the baker and the shoemaker and whatever else it is. I just I don't want that in my affluent community. I see. So he sort of he wants to signal cleanliness, cleanliness. He also I read an old article where part of it is, you know, you're out on the road, you have to go to the bathroom. 
but it's the 20s and there are a lot of thoughts about what dirty bathrooms might bring you, venereal disease. So if the gas station looks clean, you're going to bet that the bathroom is clean. Uh, listen, does the gas station have gas? <laughs> That's pretty much my concern. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> uh, well, well, how did architect Clarence E. Peterson help fix things? He designed these, what I call these storybook cottages. He, so Dawes brings him in from Pittsburgh where he had designed one gas station uh, that, that looks a lot like these, but not exactly like these, um, for the Kenmore Oil Company. And they, they're both sort of fans of this idea that, again, that the suburbs look sort of British-inspired, and they both want something uh, that is going to signal Get your gas here. You're going to like this business. It's clean, et cetera. But also they want to use the colors that pure oil is already using, which are white and navy blue. And so the buildings become white and the roof is made of blue tile. And it's essentially a sign that you can see from the road. Oh, that's where I would get my pure oil and mm -hmm. a clean bathroom. Yeah. We are talking with Reset's architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin, for our regular series, What's That Building? He's catching us up on the evolution of Pure Oil Company throughout the Chicago region. This is after the mid-1920s and the unmistakable design of uh, the gas stations. So, Dennis, uh, the Pure Oil headquarters, is that still in downtown Chicago? They, uh, The building is. The company is gone. The company was subsumed into another oil company in the 70s, uh, 60s, but the Pure Oil had a real architectural footprint. If people know the building known as the Jewelers Building, 35 East Wacker, it's one of the most ornate 1920s buildings in downtown Chicago. It's right on the river, has a temple on the top or a, a domed, what looks like a temple on the top mm -hmm. and domes on the four corners. And that, when you look at the, the newspaper ads from the time, they're really identifying themselves with that architecture which I think is sort of interesting because then you're out on the road and you're obviously you're not looking for that same building, but you think, oh, yes, this is a very sort of stately kind of a company. If I put myself and my car in their hands, I'll be well treated. I'll be well treated. Interesting. So let's get into some of the, uh, the specific locations of these cottage style gas stations, if you will. Now, as far as you know, there are eight of them in our region. Is that right? That's my count. If you only count the Chicago suburbs that are, that are in Illinois, there are also some in Michigan City and places like that in Indiana. But the ones I know of in the Chicago suburbs, there are eight. And they're, um, all, they run... they're all repurposed at, at this point, right? Well, there's actually one that is still, that appears to have been continuously a service station. That's on Central in Evanston. And as far as I can determine, it has been a service station its whole life. There's also one in Berwyn that um, might – it is now a foreign car repair shop. And it, too, might have been devoted to automobiles uh, ever since it was built. The other six I know of all have other uses than uh, for cars. Well, let, let's, let's talk through those. Where are they and, and what do they look like today? How, how are they functioning? Well, you know, let's start north in Zion because it's the only town I can find in our suburbs that still has two. There's this one I mentioned. Um, it's called It's All Good Coffee right in downtown Zion. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to the owners and they said they're pretty sure it's been a gas station or, or they are sure it's been a gas station since the early 2000s. It has been a legislator's office. It's been a barber shop. And one of the reasons I like it most, not only because I get coffee there after going hiking, but um, – <laughs> The, the interior has all been sort of stripped, and you look up into 
that roof, you look up about 15 feet into uh, the insides of that tile roof. It's a very nice, I mean, it really suits itself. The building style suits itself to a coffee house. And then just a mile north of that, there's one that couldn't be more different. It has been, uh, it's about a mile and a half north. It's been turned into four apartments, or it would be more accurate to say it and an addition have been turned into four apartments. So if you were in Zion and you went up and down Sheridan Road, you'd see this one that just, it looks like you want to hug it. It has gardens out front in Mm -hmm. nice weather. There are people sitting out front. It's a coffee house. And then you go to this other one and it's been wrapped in wood siding. The windows have been moved around. You still see those, those two chimneys bracketing the building. You still see the pure oil building under there, but it's, it's, it's almost as if it's trying to hide from you. It's different. Yeah. It sounds very different. Uh, And what about uh, Maywood? Maywood's an interesting one because I said these were all, they were white and blue. And for the most part, the ones we see today still are, they have either white or blue or both. Maywood has neither. Maywood is, uh, the building has been painted yellow. The roof is red. So it's this bright yellow and red, the colors of McDonald's. (laughs) It's not a McDonald's restaurant. It's called Maywood Express. Um, It too has been gutted inside. I mean, you know, if you're not using it as a garage, you've changed the interior. Nice fast food place right on a corner in downtown Maywood. Um, and, And once again, you can see that family resemblance because even though the colors have been changed, you still see the chimneys. Uh, when the when the winter awnings aren't there, you see the bay window, mm-hmm. and you see the the steep roof that was this signal that this is the a pure signature. oil building. Yeah. Well, what interested me most was the dental office in Glenview. And you know, Sasha, you and I are going to have to go visit that sometime soon because, as you know from the notes I sent you, it is keeping its blue roof, but it's also going to get a green roof, a right. sustainable roof in the back. This is so. This has apparently been a dental office since the 1960s. The current, uh, the, the dentist who owns it now, Dr. Chris Kruger, told me that he bought the practice and the building from the dentist who worked on his teeth when he was a kid. So it's been it's been in dental practice for all those years. Wow! It's right on the west branch of the north. Sorry, the west fork of the north branch of the Chicago River. So he's got herons and turtles and things right out behind his building, even though he's right in downtown Glenview, loves the building, speaks so glowingly of it, and is about to launch a rehab where, again, he's going to complement the literal blue roof with with a a sustainable green roof. That is super cool. And and Pure Oil, just so we're clear, it had several versions of these cottage-style buildings across the country, right? Yes. Yeah. They weren't in the Western states, but they were in the rest of the United States, the rest of the mainland United States. Um, they had several versions. There also may have been uh, Spanish style buildings in Florida and later toward the 1950s. Uh, well, actually, in the Depression, they started uh, modifying existing buildings to look like this storybook cottage design because it was cheaper to do. Yeah. In the 1950s, they started sort of going away, but there were of this cottage style, there were apparently about five um, styles that could all be modified. You could change it if you were building on a corner. You could change it if you needed an extra service bay. The biggest of these ones I'm, I'm talking about is in Berwyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's clearly, uh, it was meant to have a lot more business than the others. It's the biggest of all of these. I see. Well, we've got about 30 seconds here, Dennis. I wonder if you'll tease anything else that you're keeping an eye on these days. 
You know, Sasha, um, I don't know if I should tip my hand here, but I'm I'm um, researching a church or a religious building on the north side, now a mosque, formerly a church, that if I can close the gap on its history, um, if there's about a 20-year gap, if I can close that, we may have some very interesting news about the history of a building that was moved multiple times. Wow. Okay, well, I will stay tuned. You let me know when that's ready, and we'll we'll bring you on for another segment. Uh, That is Crane Chicago Business Residential Real Estate Reporter Dennis Rodkin. Now, if you have a building that you want him to investigate, you can always leave us a voicemail with details at 888-915-9945. Again, the number is 888-915-9945. Thank you so much, Dennis. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.